Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Oh, we're in the depths of winter here in Kentucky. Depths of winter. It is cold for here. It you know is what? cold. Uh, Buffalo was playing the other night. Mm. Uh, it's going to give away when we recorded this. Darn it. Uh, well, I guess not really, as long as they keep playing. Who cares? I don't know. Uh, but it was it was warmer in Buffalo than it was here when they were yeah. playing. Brutal. Yeah, but we didn't have the snowfall that they did. Holy cow. Yeah. Had a lot of friends. It's so funny. I have a lot of friends that uh, I still communicate with that uh, go to the games on the regular. And I thought it was funny because one of my friends was like, oh, they shot a photo of the parking lot. Like, mm-hmm. go to the game. Go Bills. Whatever. And the next photo was they were in a box. <laughs> <laughs> like, totally, like, you know, comfortable, warmth or whatever. I was like, okay. That's, you know. I'd Roughing be out, it. I'd be out there with the with the crowd. Anyways. Yeah, it's chilly. It's chilly. Are you in the Are you in the garage doing the bike in this yeah, cold weather or but what? Layers. Yeah. Uh, the other day it was it was two pairs of socks, mm. um, long sleeve jersey. Yeah. Looks like she's gonna turn cold tomorrow. Oh yeah. We got a front coming in. Yeah, you got that right. Really, once you get your heart rate up, yeah, it gets pretty warm. But the problem is your toes because you're mm. cycling, which means you're moving your feet yeah. which creates wind in really cold temps and so you just your extremities get really cold mm. so yeah okay. it's uh you just grin and bear it for a little while it's equally terrible in the summer when it's hot but i am getting ready to go to the upper peninsula michigan to do some in the winter like in two weeks why do some because we are going um skiing but not what You're literally pretend skiing right yes, now. Yes, I'm going cross-country skiing. I couldn't think of the name. We're not going downhill skiing. We're going cross-country skiing. I've done it once before. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I actually really loved it. And I didn't know it was such a... Like, I had this vision of cross-country skiers as like, I don't know, like being wusses. Like, you're just... Like, what are you doing? Are you walking with ski? Like, what is happening here? But it's intense, man. Yeah. It is intense. And I really enjoyed it. So I am... I did it two years ago. Uh, really enjoyed it. Didn't know what I was doing. I think I picked it up pretty quickly, and I'm really looking forward to doing it again this year. Is it like going for a long run? Do you just like go out and then come back, or do you have a destination? Like, or is it a cafe stop along the way, or like what's the? It is like going out for a long run. Okay. The place we go has these unbelievable trails cool. all over the place. You could spend an entire day and probably never be on the same trail. And yeah, it's it's you know wooded and it's I mean it's just unbelievable and it's peaceful and you know that quiet when you're in the woods in the mm-hmm. winter and there's no sound it I love it absolutely Probably love like it like a rifle or something in case you come across a bear or are they no, all hibernating you ski fast no okay. you just go I mean listen they're they're uh, trails that are uh, what do you call them they're plowed or groomed okay so they're groomed trails with a track like so your skis That's are cool. in this little track and it's awesome. And although you can't, one time I fell over, so I was standing and like I put my pole, I, I went to lean down and I put my pole to the left, except what I thought was snow was not, and so the pole just went down con- like two feet, which means I went over, and unfortunately it wasn't as 
you know, where my pole went must have been some hole or something because where I fell was not a hole. Okay. And I still, that screwed up my shoulder to this day, two years ago. Do you remember that old, uh, in the early days of computing on Microsoft, on Windows, where they had the downhill ski game? No. And then, like, the guy would fall over and, like, his skis would be up in the air. Nice. It was, like, all pixelated really no. bad. I have this vision of you, which is, like, no. your head in the Well, I snow, love the downhill the ski. I love that. I did that a year uh uh, actually, I think I did it around the same. I think I did it the same year, two years ago. Went out west with a group of guys. That was awesome. Yeah, I, I heard Logan downhill, downhill skis, skis, but he's a little. He's, he said the center he's of gravity is really high. He didn't like it because he's like six foot seven. Or Maybe something. he's a better snowboarder. Probably. <laughs> you know, when I was in the National Guard, uh, they told us that to prevent hypothermia, you should get as close as you can to other people. You know. All right, let's get. To, well, first of all, housekeeping, odds and ends. This podcast sponsored by Jewel Financial. Visit us on the web at J-O-U-L-E, financial.com. Learn more about our wealth development program. Uh, if you have a complex situation or something going on that you need a second opinion about, hit us up. We'd love to chat with you. You can follow us on social media, uh, DIY Money Podcast, and you can also check us out on Twitter at Quint Tatro. Also, uh, if you are on Apple Please do give us a five-star review. We haven't talked about that in a while. Logan brought that back last episode, or I guess that's next episode. I guess we're not cutting them in the right orders. Whatever. Uh, but please do give us a review uh, so that other people can uh, find the show. All right. Let's go to our question. We got a good one today from Luke. What do you got? D-I-Y. Hey, DIY Money. I have a quick question about comparing different asset classes when considering my own diversification strategy within my portfolio, specifically equities versus real estate. So equities, you know, you can kind of look at the dividend income or the capital gains that, you know, based on the, the performance of the stocks within a particular mutual fund. But in real estate, it's a little bit more blurry. Is Are they factoring in you know, increase in equity plus the appreciation of the properties, or is it just the appreciation of the properties that's factored into that number? I'm wondering because, you know, if you look at real estate performing at 10% and the S&P performing at 10%, is there more to the story for real estate that we might be missing out on that, you know, there's other other benefits rather that real estate provide that the S&P wouldn't in terms of long-term investing? I just want to know a little bit more about what's factored in there. If you can help shed some light there, it might uh, ease some of my fear of missing out by not having rental real estate. Thanks. Bye. Okay, Luke. Uh, I'm glad you clarified at the very end there you said rental real estate because I was going to go on this whole like diatribe talking about REITs and how to value REITs, assuming I knew pretty much assumed you were talking about going into it yourself. Um, but real quick, if you're ever looking at, you know, a REIT, a real estate investment trust, which you would buy into, uh, the definition of a real estate investment trust is something that must pay out 90% of its net income. And a simple dividend discount model um, to value that is kind of how you you know, determine the value of a REIT. Uh, there is some potential upside there, but it's basically all about sort of a, uh, you know, the, the, current value of the future dividends or payout of that or you know what would be necessarily the cash flow. Now, all that to say, let's switch tracks a little bit, talk about rental real estate. The first thing you have to consider is temperament. I, I really want to stress this. I, I cannot, in fact, I can't stress this enough. Everybody thinks that asset classes that might be different for diversification are right for everybody or that you assume it might be right for you 
And I'm here to tell you, it is not right for everyone. Perfect example. I have a couple of commercial properties. Um, I have already gone down the path of rental real estate years and years and years ago. I thought I was going to be a rental mogul. I got up to about five townhomes, rented them out, and learned very, very quickly. I hated that. I hated working with the tenants. I hated collecting rent. I hated kicking them out. I hated when pipes burst, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you know about the rent? No, no, don't you worry about that, Roy. You pay me the money whenever you get it because I know you are good for it. By the simple fact that there have been some opportunities over the years, um, I have taken advantage of some commercial properties, uh, both of which have housed our business, so it made perfect sense to buy the property, rent it out to our own business, etc., one of which we're still in today. Uh, The other one is rented out. And just this morning, as I'm headed to work, I get a text. I've had the same tenant for four or five years. He's wonderful. A couple of years ago, we had a pipe burst. It was annoying. Had insurance claim on, you know, furnace and water tank and blah, blah, blah. But other than that, we haven't had much issue. It's a triple net lease, so most of the things he takes care of. Except this morning, I get a message that says, hey, Quint, just letting you know, the water is not coming out. I'm concerned that it's frozen like it was a year ago. Uh, I've gone ahead, turned the water off, yada, yada. I'll keep you posted. I hope it does, blah, 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 yada, 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 this, that, and the other. And as I'm driving to work, I'm thinking to myself, okay, first of all, I sent him a text back. Thank you for keeping me in the loop. Let me know if I need to send somebody out, et cetera. And immediately I think, no stock has ever called me. The S&P 500 index fund that I own has never rung my phone or sent me a text asking me a question or you know, needing my attention on something, nor are they even open after four o'clock during a normal workday. And oh, by the way, they're off on the weekends and they're not open till 930 in the morning on normal workdays. My point is, is that for my personal temperament, I have realized that I do not want the hassle and heartache of being involved as a direct owner. Now, I have investments through other people in rental properties and other I have we have investments in hotels. We own like 200 some odd UK rental properties. I don't even know where they are. I've never even stepped foot in them. But I've invested through an a, an individual who's been doing it for the last 20 some years and is exceptional at it, has a maintenance crew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I certainly couldn't do that until I built wealth in other areas. Now, I think I'll let Daniel talk to the particulars of the actual valuation, et cetera. But please understand, I don't think it's a bad thing to go into this, to try it. But the idea that you'll have FOMO because you're missing out on these people on social media that have these rental properties and get to share all their time and their lives. I'm telling you, there's a reality to it, and it's not that easy. It takes a lot of work and a unique temperament to make it successful. We need a new plastering job, a new paint job, the oven doors broke, the roof leaks, the toilet runs all day. What say you, Daniel? Yeah, I don't think you're missing really anything. Uh, The returns are somewhat similar. They're both asset classes. They both have uh, earnings and cash flow and things like that. So let's go back to the basics of how returns are generated on an investment asset. So you have dividends or cash flow, uh, you have earnings growth, and you have the amount of valuation change over time or the amount of um, 
willingness for people to pay a dollar for a dollar of either cash flow or earnings uh, on something. So in a stock, that's those three components are pretty clear, right? It either pays a dividend or doesn't. It has earnings, hopefully, and those earnings are going to grow over time. So that's the other factor, how, how those earnings are growing. And then what people are willing to pay for a dollar of earnings in something like Apple or Google or Starbucks, things of that nature. A house, you don't really always see it. A house or commercial property, something like that, real estate, you don't always see those, especially if it's your personal residence. But effectively, what's affecting the price of that property, house, commercial real estate, even land to some extent, is the amount that somebody is willing to pay for what they can generate cash flow on that either now or in the future. So either through rents or through capital gains. So those factors don't really change. The sort of ancillary factors around that, whether or not that area is in demand, whether or not uh, the neighborhood is on the upswing, downswing, things like that, can affect the valuations. The The other part that you'll probably hear sometimes of as far as being advantageous to real estate or things like that is things like you know depreciation, which is really just more of a tax strategy than it is performance. So uh, when folks are talking about depreciation in real estate, what they're talking about is they're able to uh, depreciate a portion of their property in this tax year, which means they have less taxable income, which means that the cash flow that they're getting is relatively untaxed. But all they're really doing is storing up future tax depending upon their strategy, etc. That's outside of the purview of probably today's show. Uh, I would say today's show is really about the performance between them. So you cited 10% performance in real estate versus 10% uh, in the S&P. I would say neither are guaranteed. Uh, but both are going to be a result of your entry price and sort of the future prospects of that investment. So whether that is the S&P, individual companies, government bonds, or that piece of rental real estate you see around the corner. But as Quinn said, the subjective analysis is if you do get into real estate, do you actually want to be in real estate? The other two things I would say that I have learned firsthand and seen others uh subscribe to within real estate is the two phrases. The first one is money is always made on the buy. So right now, I will tell you most people that I know that have been in successful in years real estate for the last several years are selling properties. Uh, they're selling properties and transitioning and looking for other opportunities, you know, in other spaces, etc. cetera, uh, because they've gotten incredible appreciation over the years. Uh, and they feel that it's a great time to sort of lighten up their portfolio. So take that for what it's worth. There might still be opportunities out there, but rarely, I think, when you go into rental real estate, should you think about this being something that you'll, you know, oh, this is going to regardless make me money over the years. If you want to buy, you want to buy it as a value. Again, money is made on the buy. The second thing to understand is a basic rule of thumb. And we don't necessarily like rule of thumbs, but this will keep you out of trouble. And it's a rule of thumb of the rule of 1%. And that is, is that when you're buying a rental property and you're determining what it's renting for, you can do some reverse math to determine what a reasonable price would be to pay for that property. So for example, if a property is renting for $1,000 a month, you can do the reverse math on 1% and say that you would be paying $100,000 for that property. Now, you might go, well, wait a second. I know proper, I know people paying $1,000 a month to rent all the time, and there's no way you're going to get that property for hundred grand. Well, then guess what? You're going to set yourself up to lose money because in addition 
to uh, things like taxes and maintenance, you're going to have at times uh, a month where somebody's not renting. Like you have a turnover month and maybe there's an issue. Maybe there's a bigger issue that you have to pay for. So if you can work towards getting a rule of 1% on a purchase price, which is very difficult to find right now, and that's why most people are, uh, you know, experienced real estate investors are not buying properties right now, uh, but it, it's very difficult to find. But if you can do that, you will at least keep yourself safe. You will at least keep yourself sort of in, um, you know, the black per se. You still may have some issues. I know people that say, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm even, I want to be even cheaper than that. And that's fine, but that's a very difficult. You have to really find a distressed environment for that. Anyways, I think it's good to try. I think you should be very careful and I think you should move very slow. And if it works for you, then great. I know a lot of people who are very, very successful at that. It's their temperament. They love it. They are patient. They look for deals. When they come, they pounce, and they build their portfolio. But most of those people I know are also very well diversified. They also have nice investment portfolios, and they also have liquid money, and they still have jobs. They're still paying, you know, they're still getting W-2 income. They're just building different you know, sources of future income. So good luck to you. We wish you the best. Um, be careful. You know, keep us posted. Love to know how it goes. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. All right, friends, do send us those questions. Um, all Luke did was sent us an audio file to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. And now we'll send him a $25 Amazon gift card. Remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.